accessing. When TV and radio collide. Love it. This is what you get. You're listening to JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars. Don't touch that dial. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. You might be thinking to yourself, this is the weirdest uh, rejoined music on the planet. Oh, no. Very Not appropriate all. for today. Not Very appropriate for today. We are boat at the boat show. Boat show was here. Better climb aboard. That's dang right. That's got together with my yacht friends, and we decided what uh, great yacht rock songs let's we get want to some, play on the show today. Let's get some soft yacht rock going. Uh, and JJ made some requests, and then here we are. Welcome back to the program. Cat. Welcome back to the program. Uh, and uh, we just got in our ear the final Western Reserve uh, for the All-Star Game. And before we get to Stevenson-Sylvester, just in time, uh, as we get Sly on here, we're just gonna we're just gonna roll out kind of as quickly as possible. Frankly, that we uh, we're gonna roll out some of these reserves. So your Western Conference All-Star Reserves, you have five plus two wild cards. Go as follows. In this order, they were rolled out. Kawhi Leonard from the Clippers. Anthony Davis from the Lakers. Devin Booker from the Suns. Anthony Edwards from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Steph Curry, of course, of the uh, Golden State Warriors. Paul George, also from the Clippers. And the final pick of the Western Conference Reserves for the All-Star Game this year, Carl Anthony Towns of the Minnesota Timberwolves. No... Lowry Markkinen in sight for this year's All-Star Game. Uh, so Jazz fans, read into all of the conspiracy theories or whatever you want because I think that he was as deserving as a couple of these guys on here, and I think that's what made it so difficult. But some of these names are bigger names, and some of these markets are bigger markets, and we might explain it away like that. But I was curious what the numbers were on Anthony Davis compared to uh, compared to Lowry. What did what, – that was the one that I was like, ah, Anthony Davis, I think maybe he doesn't make it, well, and maybe Lowry gets in. Tw- well, 25 points, 12 rebounds per game, 3.7 assists, which is good. He's had a good year. He's, f- he's fourth in rebounding, and, of course, the, the block shot factor, the defense. Uh, yes, the Lakers aren't any better than the Jazz this year, but those numbers, they are a little bit better than Lowry marketing. And so uh, I just my really quick take before we get to Sly is, I'm okay with this because I can't argue Lowry over the ones that were selected. Yeah, some big names. Anthony I mean, Davis would be the one I'd try to poke holes in, but I just read his stats. Yeah, pretty big numbers. Lowry's 23.5 points, 8.7 rebounds per game, and Lowry missed some games this year due to injury. So I'm okay with it. Yeah. And Jazz fans, if you're not okay with it, I understand that too. You can certainly make a case for Lowry, but who on that list you're taking off? Yeah. That's tough because Cats you know, scored 62 in a game. The Timberwolves are the number one team in the West. Yeah, Anthony Edwards, uh, he and uh, yeah. Carl Anthony Towns both making it. So, yeah, I can see it. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get too grumpy about it, except for just the part where I feel like Utah gets slighted all the time. It's fine. It's fine. I the coaches it, don't like Salt Lake City. I say it's fine. Oh yeah. <laughs> what was the, what was what did uh, was it Pop who's like can't get a good cup of coffee anywhere near there, and you're like, Jeez. dude. Yeah, while he's slamming a <laughs> slamming a nice meal at uh, Walters. Right. Shut up, Pop. 
You can't get a good like that's the oldest grumpiest take. Get ever. out of here with that. It's like, dude, that maybe you could say that in the nineteen seventies. Come on. All right, here's what we got. Steven to Sylvester to uh, make us forget who the Western Conference All-Star Reserve picks were. And we're going to move straight on to some football. That's where we're going to start the hour off here with the cut. And then we're going to jump in and make it official with Sly. So let's get in with the cut here, Jeremy. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with JJ and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Stevens and Sylvester, Sly on the program here with us, of course, does sidelines for the Utah football broadcast, uh, former Utah great himself, former NFLer as well. Let's start off with the NFL side of things here, Sly, as we're trying to figure our lives out in that gap of a week between the Super Bowl. When you were preparing for a Super Bowl, were you guys like chomping at the bit or were you glad you got that extra week between? Because it's one of the worst waiting times that we've ever had in the world of sports is that week between the championship games and the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's different, but, you know, there's so much commotion that going on uh, before the Super Bowl. It kind of takes up that time, right? You know, uh, got to get last-minute flights ready to go, hotels, get ready, got to get their Super Bowl tickets in, family who's going, deciding. There's so many things that needs to happen um, in going to that game that it kind of like, dang, I'm really glad we had this extra week. Um, but, you know, when I went to the Super Bowl, I was actually – we had a week off because uh, we had the first round by two games, and then you know we um, are are playing in the um, in the Super Bowl. So um, ours ours was good, but yeah, man, you get to a point where it's like, dang, is this game not here yet? Why is this taking so long? And so yeah, yeah, I, I think there's there's points in that where it's like I'm chomping at the bit, uh, but with all the commotion and stuff that's going on, um, unless you have Patrick Mahomes' managing team that's able to handle everything. Uh, it's pretty stressful trying to get everything handled and ready to go before it. Before we get your thoughts on the Super Bowl matchup, I have to ask you, what it was What was it like as a player to be a part of the Super Bowl? Because I've been there covering it. Um, I, I see what how fans what, – what is it like to be a player in that moment and knowing that it, you may only get one shot to be there? Man, um, it's the most exciting um, – time of it, you know, uh, seeing all of the people that you idolize, you know, your fans, uh, celebrities just walking around like normal, just coming to practices and you're like, yo, what the heck is going on? You just, um, for me, you know, I was very young in my career. So I was just like, I just like on cloud nine, had no idea what was actually going on. But in retrospect, looking at it like that was just insane. Um, it, it's just unreal. Well, one for me, I, I just I accomplished so much in that time because it's like I grew up, you know, a Dallas Cowboys fan, right? Emmitt Smith, Dion, Troy, uh, Michael Irvin. Um, you know, I, I grew up a Cowboys fan, and the Super Bowl was played in Cowboys Stadium. And so I'm just like, whoa, what the heck is going on? So getting there, doing media days, um, it's just absolutely insane. Attentions on you guys. It's it, As I said, a young guy, I – it was just something that was so special. You just really couldn't understand what was going on in the moment. So many things happening. Um, but, you know, it was just a, 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 a tremendous moment. Um, something to soak all in. All the stuff you see on TV is actually happening right in front of your face live. And it's about you instead of you being about somebody else. So uh, just a tremendous feeling. And honestly, it's like one of those things where you just you don't count the minutes. You just let it happen and, and, and be there. If you're getting ready for a game like this and you're trying to focus, 
is there really like I mean, can you approach it the same way? Because it just seems like with all those things you just mentioned, you just can't like the winner of this game has to flush all that and try to be the have their whole, you know, system down, every little bit of their routines, which seems to be impossible in a week like this. And so when you guys went to the Super Bowl and you guys come up short in that one, was there stuff that you looked at back and you went, oh, my goodness, uh, like it was, just, it was just so much. It was just so much to handle on a stage like that, even though both teams have to deal with it. Yeah, well, well for personally, um, me, I do have some things that I wish I could have done differently and, and, and yada, yada, yada. That's why I tell everybody who's played in Super Bowl, whether it was Paul Cougar or Silver Salinga, um, I, I try to let them know kind of the things that I experienced that I would have done differently. Um, it's extremely hard to do, you know, not in the moment. You know, um, I think one of the Kansas City Chiefs and 49ers, they were, of course, against each other in the Super Bowl not too long ago. Um, so they have teams and, and players that have experience with that. It's not a first-time go for, for many guys. And so hopefully the veterans lean on the younger guys and let them know. Uh, but for me, man, it, there was just so many things um, going on to distract you from that moment. And um, that's what I hated. I would have went, you know, dark mode. You know how LeBron used to do it in the playoffs where you turn off all social media, turn off his phone, turn all things. I wish I would have did that because the Super Bowl lives forever. You know, the time in between where you're trying to do all that other stuff, it's, it's very unimportant. Um, and if you could refocus to, to make this one moment that will last forever, you know, that moment, you know, uh, it's not like the Kansas City Chiefs where you're going to four Super Bowls. In, in, in five years, um, you know, a lot of teams don't get that opportunity to go back multiple times. And so um, that's what I would have did in retrospect. I would have really just uh, settled my focus down, not talk to anybody, whether it was uh, family, girlfriend, uh, friends, because, I mean, everybody from your high school teachers and, and friends to, to elementary school people who you haven't talked to in 20 years, even though you're only 20 years old. I remember you when you were two years old, and now you're playing in the Super Bowl. Oh, my gosh everybody's hitting you up and like crazy. So it's extremely distracting. So uh, going back in retrospect, that's what I would have did differently. I would have cut everything off, not talked to anybody, um, and, and, um, and, and really just dialed into to living in that one moment. Because after the Super Bowl, you have so much time to do those things. Uh, but before that game, uh, if you could just be locked in as possible, that, that'd probably be uh, the best for you. Slide before we get to the uh, Utah schedule. We want to break that down with you. I just got one more Super Bowl question. I'm not going to ask you for a prediction. We'll wait for next we'll week, do that next week. Oh, on yeah. that. But I want to get your <laughs> quick take on the Super Bowl matchup. What excites you about this uh, matchup between the Chiefs and the 49ers? Man, uh, there's so many things. Uh, I think there's so many players. Uh, the biggest storyline coming out of this is how the Chiefs have, have defied all the odds. You know, every question that we talk about them, you know, if they're not ready to go, they don't have receivers, they're not playing great defense, they're arguing with one another. Um, right. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is arguing with the refs. You know, Travis Kelsey's having a down year. All of these things, they've literally stepped up to the plate and made it happen every single week against top-tier opponents every single time. It's the biggest storyline. And then – you know, the San Francisco 49ers being extremely dominant all years, but the times that they weren't dominant, what was the reason why they weren't dominant, right? Was it because they didn't have the players? When the Ravens came into town, what was wrong? 
around that time? Were they are they getting tired? The, the the longevity of the season getting to them? But now you're getting to the Super Bowl, right? You get two weeks to prepare, two weeks to rest up. Uh, going into this game, everybody should be relatively healthy, um, you know, uh, and it's the Super Bowl. So even if you're not relatively healthy, you will make yourself healthy. Um, but there should be no excuses going into this game for either team, and that's what I absolutely love about this football game. And so, um, yeah, again, I, I have no idea who's going to come out with this win, but I just know it's going to be a very, very exciting matchup offensively, defensively, uh, the offensive mind of Andy Reid to the defensive mind of Steve Spagnola. Um, you know, uh, defensively, the way Fred Warner's playing, Greenlaw, um, their defensive backfield, their their front seven, and, and making that trade for Chase Young, making that trade for Christian McCaffrey, is that going to pay off for the Niners? You know, um, and then, you know, the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, this is a dynasty, right? You're going to four Super Bowls in five years. But can you get that uh, that third ring? Can you get the, the three out of four rings in in this matchup? You know, and then, so there's just so many things coming from it. It's so much excitement, um, so much top-tier um, talent in this football game, so many fans who weren't normally fans before watching this game. So the importance of it goes up because there are going to be that many more eyes. Um, it, it's just absolutely a spectacular moment. It's in Las Vegas, you know, the first Super Bowl in Las Vegas. It's uh, There's just – so many that were freaking those seats are, are a million plus dollars to sit in those seats. Um, yeah, there's just a lot going on in this game, and it's the top tier premier um, event of the year. Um, and uh, it's just it's going to be spectacular to be um, to watch. Sly, uh, let's break down a little bit of this Big Twelve schedule that uh, obviously we got a uh, we got the look at it this week. We got the actual dates uh, of those games and you see kind of how we already knew who the matchups were going to be but it's about kind of where they fall on the schedule that's a you know it's a huge part of that so both JJ and I have uh, the have have the Utes winning double digit games next year and both of us have them going to the conference championship next year is that kind of almost a like that's going to be the expectation that they going in that first year in the Big 12 is now we are the ones that everybody has to have that target on the back for us because we're the team to beat in the big in the Big Twelve going in year one. Yes, yes, um, and it, that's crazy, right? And you know, you're new to this conference, you're new to the schedule, new teams, new stadiums, new everything, and you're the favorite, right? And and so that's there's that, but I, I think Utah just needs to walk in their own shoes, right, and just uh, handle every task. Don't look at the schedule as a as a, as a whole, just look at it one game at a time, right? You know, starting on August 29th, we got to handle business there. Then, you know, September 7th, handle business there, and then so on and so forth, man. But this is a, a very favorable schedule, you know, uh, one that we're not really used to having. We're not used to having a favorable schedule. And um, the Big 12 is supposed to be a harder conference than the Pac-12, right? Um, but, you know, I don't think that Utah's had a favorable schedule like this in a while, uh, but for me, the, the, the hardest games, a lot of people think that Arizona game is going to be tough, but that's going to be at home. I think that's going to be probably a big noon kickoff type of game, uh, and I don't see it. I don't see it being um, that type of game. The way we're playing, the way we're set up, you know, I just did a um, uh, a video with the recruiting department, right, breaking down all the, the transfers and, and the new guys coming in, and, man, 
I was a little skeptical. I'm like, oh, are we really ready to go? And the way that they <laughs> broke it down to where these guys fit into our program, losing Cole Bishop, losing Jonah Ellis, losing Tione Baki, losing, um, you know, Devon Vele, losing Jaquinda Jackson, we're going to be great, man. It's going to be absolutely awesome, especially starting with Cam Rising and, and the weapons at his disposal. you got to hats off to this recruiting team and this coaching team for, for recruiting there. But the, I'm trying to tell you, these guys are going to be awesome. we got some videos coming out here in the next couple of weeks before spring ball uh, to get an in-depth look at the new guys that are coming in and how they fit into this system. It's going to be absolutely awesome. And you can check that out on the For the Win app. It's going to be awesome here in a couple of weeks. But um, I think we're going to be set up you know, to succeed in, 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 in epic proportions. I say, again, um, Jeremiah knows how I feel about this schedule, man, and, and how um, how confident I am in our team um, and how everybody's looking. Everybody's healthy right now. Cam Rising, Brad Keithy, um, you know, hopefully by the season or, or the first couple weeks of the season, we get Logan Fano back. You know, um, we got so many guys returning. It's, it's, it's going to be awesome, and it's just like, uh, for the Office of Weapons, Dorian Singer, Landon King, Veneer McClain, um, uh, you got Brent Keithy, out of the back, you got Makai Bernard, Jalen Glover, Anthony Woods is going to be a huge, huge factor into this office as well. Um, it, it's just going to be absolutely tremendous. Honestly, looking at that uh, that uh, the high school player from, from Corner Canyon, Ike Garcia, he's college ready. He's college ready already, man. He is a big dude. He is ready to go. Um, and he's going to make a solid, solid um, benefit to that offensive line and Coach Harding. So I'm excited to see him. Uh, but defensively, we're going to be great as, as we are before. Um, sorry, I'm rambling a little bit, but I, I could talk all day about uh, Utah football right now. Um, but um, I, I think our toughest games are going to be that Oklahoma State away and TCU at home. I think those are going to be our toughest games. A sneaky game is UCF, but, you know, that'll be at the end of the season, so we'll see exactly how good they are by that time. But I think the the Oklahoma State and TCU game might be our toughest game, but I'm with you guys, double-digit wins. But for me, I see we pull everything out and, and go undefeated. We had a – by the way, before uh, – Jeremiah's going to ask you about this BYU and Utah matchup on the ninth, but we had Pete Futak from College Football News yeah. came on, and he goes – Buttes might actually not even need they might that is a sticky game at UF, at UCF uh, that last weekend of the season, but they're going to be good enough next year according to him that they might not even need that game. It's almost like they go, you know what? We'll already have it wrapped up. So whatever happens that weekend in Orlando, it might not matter because they're going to get to that college football playoff anyway. Hey, if the Utes have a weird opportunity to rest players in Orlando, they'll take that right. all day. It's a Friday game, too. It is, I mean, yes. that, That's a yeah, that's Thanksgiving weekend. So. underrated part of that. Yeah, Sly, before we let you go, we've got to get your thoughts on the BYU-Utah game being scheduled on the 9th of November. What was your reaction when you saw that? Well, uh, first reactions is is uh, playing the game again, right? Absolutely love it. Absolutely love renewing this rivalry, uh, making it happen. Uh, BYU's had a, had a good off season, included some nice young players. Um, now they need to build them up with experience. It's going to be hard to do with the transfer portal being what it is because uh, you're not able to develop guys like you used to, right? And so guys just dip. When they're not happy, they dip, and so it's hard to – to, to find success. Um, so uh, we'll see that. But uh, getting that rivalry um, going up again to be year after year, absolutely love it. Now, as far as the date goes, um, I think it's for the birds. You make this at the end of the year. You know, um, the only reason that I would be okay with it being this year is because I don't think that 
the BYU-Utah game is going to determine the conference, right? But in, traditionally, the Utah-BYU game at the end of the year, the winner of that game um, won the conference, you know, when hopefully this time would be uh, the gatekeeper to going to the conference championship game like the, like the Ohio State-Michigan is every single year, right? And so um, that's what it used to be. So I always loved it being at the, at the end of the season because the implications were just so high all the time. So I hope in years to come after this, they move it to the end of the year, but we'll see, you know, this game has to be exciting for it to do. A lot of people are talking about how they don't want it to, uh, to, to blemish the record uh, or blemish the season as far as media watches against other rivalry games. And I'm just like, that's crap to me. You know, Utah needs to, Utah BYU needs to make the game so great. Make the game so great that it's better than those other ones, right? Rivalry Week is for yeah. a reason. Everybody needs to play on Rivalry Week. So that's just my opinion about it. But um, I don't like it being on a knife. If there was ever an okay year for it to be earlier in the month, it'd be this year. But in years to come, it better be at the last week of the season. Stevenson Sylvester, Sly, we appreciate the breakdowns as always. And the next week, I know you didn't throw a winner out there this week. We're going to make you do it next week before you the might Super do it Bowl. on Sunday. First, okay. On KSL Sports <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Because well, I'm going to make them. Uh, and then we'll also have the uh, explanation for you as well next week. So, Sly, we appreciate it, man, as always. Uh, Stevenson Sylvester, thanks again, man. Thanks, guys. There you go. There's Sly. The best. He's awesome. Uh, you, know, you know what? I mean, I could just see the Sly's whole thing is you, you like what you know. And what uh-huh. he knew was saying that. I know Sly. And he's always <laughs> – He's always got an energy about him, but that was that was something a little. He had a little juice to him today. Yeah, you know what? After taping those things, and if you're a Utah fan and you're listening right now, then you you uh you you're pretty fired up too. I hope, and you can go check that out on the FTW 360 app here shortly. We get gets on there, but if Sly's that excited about some of this stuff, Utah fans should feel well, really again, good about the recruiting. He played class. in that game. We may have made more out of what this game actually meant in terms of championship sure. and or you know, postseason implications during the history of this game. But it is there is something to be said about having that game on that uh, that final weekend of the season. And then just saying, well, you want it earlier so you don't get in the way of, of the important rivalry games. That is uh-huh. kind of a cop-out. You know, you go, right. oh, let, well, how about this? As soon as BYU takes that step in the Big yes, 12, I'm, I am on down board the road, I'm on board with you. If you have, let's say, let me throw this out there. Flex game. <laughs> when they get a flex, because uh, to Utah's credit, right now yeah. they're a perennial top twenty-five team. Because of injuries, they slipped a little bit last sure. year. Yeah, but back to back Pac-12. BYU is going to get back there. I feel confident they will. When they do, and this is a top twenty-five game every year, you don't think ESPN is going to be, yeah, be pushing that a little bit more? It's going to be, be, it's going to grow in importance. Of course. Now, it's, is it ever going to be the Iron Bowl? No. Yeah, is but the it, Iron Bowl, Ohio State, Michigan. The no. Iron Bowl has been a dog before, and it will be again. There's you know? so much tradition. It's the SEC. I, I know. get that. I know. But if BYU and Utah's trajectory continues to go upward, the game will grow as a Power Five rivalry matchup. It's never been a Power Five rivalry matchup. Sure. I should say, correct that. Power Four. Yeah. And yeah. now, Power moving conference. forward, it'll have the ability to do that. But BYU's got to prove that they're in that category. And they could do that this year and surprise all of us you by hear taking that? a step. You hear that? JJ says you got to earn it, BYU. How dare you? <laughs> oh, gosh. Why would you do that? You're such a Utah homer. I'll just go back and sit <laughs> in my yacht while you make 
<laughs> Thanks for throwing oh, me under the bus it's there. It's fine. You know how people are going to take it that way anyway. Uh -huh. I'll just, I just got on the rest. Your home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on The Zone. This is JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. It is 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. Happy Thursday to you. We are at the Boat Show. Alex Curie, Jeremiah Jensen. Together we are JJ and Alex. Uh, let me see here. We have a couple things going on. We do have our NFL Blitz. We want to uh, jam some stuff in here in just a little while. But uh, the big news of the afternoon, as of just a few minutes ago, the All-Star Reserves have now been made official for both the East and and the West, and it's the traditional East and West this year again, right? Yeah, we're, back, we're back to normal. To yeah, none of that stuff. There none of that uh, drafting we're not situation gonna, We're not going to embarrass the MVP on TV. Well, remember how weird that whole thing was? It was like, so stupid. I hated it. And, and I hated it. The draft, it was just dumb. The draft was dumb. Like, you're really going to pick Jokic last? He won the MVP award. Well, and Just and because he, you don't – he's not one of your dudes? Right, and he even said it, too. He was like, I get it. My game's a little bit different at an all-star game like this. It's fine, whatever. But that was funny. I think didn't he like shove Lowry? He, it was like before the pick was made. Yeah. He just like shoved Lowry uh -huh. over, to the, <laughs> over to Team LeBron or whatever, yeah, and then yeah, he yeah, just yeah. walked over to the other one. He's like, "All right, let's go." That's funny. Neither of us has to be picked last. Let's just walk over here. Uh, all right. So the the West as we rolled out, Lowry Markinen is not a an All Star this year. No Utah Jazz man is. The All-Star Reserves in the West looks like this. And, J.J., I'll have you roll out the East here. So I'm having a problem with my interwebs here at the boat show. Kawhi Leonard, these are the reserves uh, that were picked this afternoon. Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, Anthony Edwards, Steph Curry, Paul George, and Carl Anthony Towns. That rounds out your the rest of the seven that they picked on top of the starting five that they already had. You and I were talking about how there's not – I don't know. I have a hard time. You, you, would, you would never, at least right now, put Steph Curry, uh, keep him at home from an all-star game, right? Can't do it, no. Not no. while – Can't not, do it. You can't do it. Kawhi Leonard is phenomenal, and he's actually having a really good year. He's been healthy this year. And he's, he's been healthy. He's back to being Kawhi. Anthony Davis, you rolled, the, out, you rolled out the crazy numbers Anthony Davis had. He's amazing. And, and they're the number one team in the West. Right. You have to factor in winning, and the Clippers and Timberwolves deserve to have multiple All-Stars. So, Cat and Anthony Edwards are your two Minnesota Timberwolves. No no Rudy Gobert. Yeah, although he probably knew that, right? Paul That's, George, Steph yeah. Curry, Devin Booker, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Anthony Edwards. So, there you go. So I'll, I'll read off the Eastern Reserves. Yeah, I want to hear these. This will be the first time for me hearing them. Bam Adebayo of the Miami Heat. Okay. Paulo Bencaro of the Orlando Magic. Jalen Brown, Boston Celtics. Jalen Brunson, New York Knicks. Tyrese Maxey, Philadelphia 76ers, Donovan Mitchell, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Julius Randle, New York Knicks, who's injured right now, which means we already know we're going to have an Eastern Conference replacement player. Okay. I doubt he's going to be able to play in the All-Star game. Now, hold on a minute. Is that how, is that how uh, Lowry got in last year? 
Or was he a legit? No, Lowry was. Lowry reserved. started because of an injury, oh, but he was, was chosen to the All Star okay. team right. by the coaches. I just didn't want to get. I just didn't want, okay. Yeah. Do you have a problem with any of those in the East? Uh, no, no. I think the East is pretty. I, I don't think that. I'm I'm trying to look for snubs and I Paolo can't really Bancaro, think of Paolo Bancaro, his big knock is is that his his efficiency numbers he's not, are he's, he's not terrible. shooting at a clip that you expect him to. Right. But but he's scoring. The Orlando Magic are much improved. Right. And he's scoring at a high rate and he's just making great plays and you got to recognize that and he was rookie of the year last year and now he's the right. uh, now he's an all-star. I don't have any problem with these. Best no. guy on that reserve list by the way, Jalen Brunson. Right. I would agree with that. Uh, so you could make a case that Brunson should be starting. Donovan Mitchell, obviously, his numbers speak for themselves as well. Yeah, there, nobody on that. Nobody on that Eastern one. I think that that there was like a bubble guy. I think I think that Van Carroll was a bubble guy. He was kind of one of those guys that you go, eh. Is there anybody right. in the East who got shorted? Am I, are we missing somebody who got snubbed? The snubs <sighs> are my are my favorite stories. Uh, well, let me this. see the fun because me. you pointed out from the West that from the Kings. Neither De'Aaron Fox nor Demonis Sabonis. Demonis Sabonis has 12 triple-doubles this year yes. as a big man for the Kings, and he was an all-star last let year. Me, let me throw out one big snub, I think, in the East. Okay. Kristaps Przingis. Having a good year. With for the, the Celtics. Celtics, yeah. I think he's overlooked. It because, and Derek White, too, is somebody who's also – the Celtics are dominating. But when you get two already, it's tough to get the yeah. third, especially the fourth. <laughs> so uh, Przingis is much improved this year. He's been healthy, and he's a major reason why the Celtics are the number one team in the, in the league right now as far as record goes. And, and the what, way about, uh, what about dashboard confessional lead singer Jimmy Butler? Butler, the Heat are skidding right now, and Butler hasn't been himself and hasn't been. Right. And, and Butler's been, honestly, a better postseason player than regular season player. Yeah, he's. You know what? That's exactly right. I think we probably not to say he's not a good regular season player. Just well, he has and, been. And by the way, elite. In the playoffs. By the way, you want to be known for that, right? Yes. You want to be the guy who everybody goes, most clutch dude ever, yep. right? Yep, yep, yep. Robert but, Ori's like, I'll see you in the, I'll see you in the postseason, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what there are guys who, their, their legend is built in the playoffs, and Jimmy Butler made one of those uh, historic runs last year. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't hate any of those picks. Uh, How are we on the West, Alex? Are I'm you, fine. Are you okay with it? I'm fine. I mean, you know what? All it tells me is, is that. We knew how competitive this list was going to be for Larry Markkinen to be able to. And the reality is is that he's not in, like, the others receiving votes part of the conversation. He's on the every list that's on there. They're like, these should be the ten guys out of the seven that should be the ones who make it. And he's on every one of those lists. Yeah. He's not like a – because they know how good he is. If he plays in every game this year so far – again, what's crazy is the Jazz impressed so early last year – that their record that they have right now is actually better than it was last year at this time. We don't think about that because we were just like, oh, last year's team was unbelievable because of the expectation going in. And the expectations now, a little higher. The uh, the bar that you have to clear if you are an all-star last year, you might think is is lower because you go, oh, he's an R, he's already been an all-star. But that's actually that's actually not true. They make them have to be like, hey, are you consistent? Can you perform year in and year out? The answer is yes. The problem is, is that there's a bunch of other guys who have done it too. Let me play a real quick game with you before we have to go. I know okay. we're up against it. Matt? All right. I'm going to read the stats of these players. Which player do you think is more deserving of being in the all-star team? Tw- 25 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists per game. Your team is 10th in the West. Mm. Or 
That's uh, Anthony Davis. Or <laughs> or a player that's averaging 20 points, a league-leading 12.8 rebounds, huh? eight assists, and has 12 triple-doubles that only trails oh. Nikola Jokic. See, and that's the thing. So and, and, and your team is actually what number, what, winning at a high what rate. What seed are they in the, in the West? The Kings are right now in fifth. I, dude, I mean, honestly, I like Demonis Sabonis' game. And he's – and. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he's kind of an Iron Man too. Like he doesn't miss a lot of games. I don't know if there was injuries in that at the front end of this year for him. Speaking of a guy who's kind of got a glass jaw, if somebody has tw- if if somebody's averaging 20 points, 13 rebounds, eight assists, and has 12 triple doubles, how are you keeping them out of the All Star game? Well, if you're a Kings fan, Demonis Sabonis just was and was dear and Fox. The Kings at fifth in the West will have no representation in the All Star game, yeah. barring an injury replacement. You know, we think that we get the slight being a small market Sacramento is like a small market inside California uh-huh. <laughs> and so they get overshadowed by the oh Bay Area. a thousand percent like not just Bay Area but then everybody skips to LA and goes yeah look at the LA teams right yeah uh, you barely think of Sacramento even after they've had two tremendous seasons so far compared to what they're historically doing which is never getting to the playoffs until last year would they break that 20 something year skid of of not getting into the playoffs, so you have a case. What were the what were De'Aaron Fox's numbers? Although I would have let Demonis Sabonis in before De'Aaron Fox. Um, let me put those up real quick. De'Aaron Fox. I mean, they're obviously not at the same level as is um, his right. teammate there, but I mean, he's been great. And I mean, we talked to uh, Locke about this. He felt like De'Aaron Fox has been sliding a little bit of, of recent. Uh, his numbers though are impressive. <laughs> 20, Twenty-seven points per game. Wow. Four four point one rebounds, five and a half assists for somebody that yeah. plays at a high volume. So he's the ninth leading scorer in the NBA, and he's not among the twenty four players in the All Star game. Yeah, yeah, they have a reason to get pissed. They should be. Yeah, I think, and, and I'm being blunt and honest. I'm not pandering to Jazz fans here. Obviously, the Kings have a bigger case. Yeah, for their guys than Lowry. To be honest, Lowry missed per- some games. Person- Lowry doesn't have these numbers, oh, yeah. and Lowry and the Jazz are not fifth in the West like the Kings. Well, the Kings I, should be irate about this. I think that the reality is is that he would need, he would have needed to have uh, replaced maybe Steph Curry, which he's not going to do because Steph has Yeah, to. politically, how do you do that? Yeah. How do you keep Steph? They've, how do you keep Steph out of an All-Star game? Well, Steph's averaging 27.5 in his own right. You know, Steph's in a year still that Steph. The rest of his right. team's not good. Te- yeah, that's exactly right. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We've got uh, – we'll roll out some NFL Blitz. We'll jam everything into our best and worst, and we'll get our last uh, boat show guest uh, here on as well. A Mountain America Expo Center is where the boat show is all weekend long. Get some tickets online, and uh, you can get – anybody 12 and under can get in for free. So just uh, come down with an adult and uh, hang out. So here we go. We'll take a break. 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone.